Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the podcast about the entertainment, TV, and movies that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, the first man to step foot on Themascalis. Did I pronounce it right this time? Themascara? Uh, you, were, you were very close. There you go. There oh. you go. Just think of all of the female women in your life and then just say it. Themascara! It go. is Arturo Zurita. How are you guys doing? I'm Mark from the A to Z show. I'm excited to be here. It's a hot, it's a hot night. But you know what they say? I know you got yours. Gonna crack I didn't realize we were gonna use the the cracking noise on the podcast. I'm gonna save my bottle open. I thought you were gonna save it, but there you go. I like I like how you got the Mexican one and I got the hipster one. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta switch places for the next time. But yeah, cracking a couple cold ones with the boys and talking about movies, because that's what we do. Yeah, in a little bit, we will get into the new Wonder Woman movie, as well as some recent movie news, including the recent Netflix can- cancellations and some rumored movie titles. Right. Uh, but first... Art, we got a podcast. We did yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, this is episode one of what we're calling The Intercut. Yes, uh, sir. You... You may be familiar with what Art and I do here on YouTube, but this was a, a thing that we wanted to do together as an opportunity to discuss some of the movies that we don't normally have the opportunity to discuss about as in-depth as a platform like the podcast, where we can speak for a whole hour. You know? Yep. I know. Uh, it's crazy because sometimes you see podcasts, and I know some of our favorite podcasts, you just listen to them. And it's the same thing with YouTube videos. You just watch them but you don't realize like the work that goes behind it it's not to complain and be like you must watch and we must get a million views because we worked hard but it's just the uh a lot of a lot of it goes to this man right here you know he he told me about us making a, a podcast for a while and if i have to, we've had our ventures with podcasts before and different long-form things but this is something that uh we've been working on for a while and we hope that you guys like it. and we're open to you guys suggestions this is the intercut where we talk about movies and movie news and all this different stuff and we have a lot of things in store that we're testing out but this being the first episode the first official first episode we hope you yes. guys like it and definitely let us know your thoughts down below as well yeah you can uh, see our most recent test episodes mm-hmm. still on our youtube channel and yeah. uh, on our soundcloud and eventually on our uh, itunes page as well we'll get all that up and running shortly uh but Feel free to leave us notes, comments, even questions in the YouTube comments down below, or shoot us an email, intercutpod at gmail.com. You know, this is a work in progress, and we'd love to hear some feedback and see where you guys want to see this podcast go. I mean, for me, uh, I did a lot of stuff on YouTube where I was reviewing movies, but, you, you know, I didn't necessarily have the time to get as yeah. into them as I, I want to on this or talk about as many movies as I can in this. So uh, that's something that I'm hoping we can do is touch on a lot of topics, whether that's news or new TV or new movies. So uh, we'll definitely get into a lot of interesting and, and talked about entertainment on this show. And I just wanted to talk with Zach, so I'm like, I'm down. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. So we're going to get into our first thing this week and every week. What have you been watching, Art? Let us know what's been on your plate. Well... You guys have probably been watching something more exciting, so let us know what you've been watching, because for me, I've been pretty busy uh, editing, doing a couple other stuff, but from the things that I have been able to watch, Netflix should go to, and I've actually been getting into some stand-up. I have not been able to see the Louis C.K. one. A lot of people have been saying that one's really good, but there's this dude named Hassan Minaj. Let me try to get it right because even he makes fun of it. People call him Nicki Minaj. (laughs) This dude, uh, I first saw him, he was... You know the YouTube trending page where you got, like, a video trending? This man had all, like, top five spaces because different people uploaded it. It was his uh, White House Correspondence Dinner Mm -hmm. uh, uh, little set that he had. I thought he did a fantastic job, especially with the way he was dealing with the crowd. I'm like, okay, this guy's funny. Mm -hmm. And he kind of has that uh, Aziz Ansari type of feel because they're both, you know, from the Middle East. Asian-Americans. But he's, he's, he's a, this guy's cute. Like, he's got (laughs) something to him where Aziz is a goofball. So this guy yeah. kind of has like a little bit more class to him, and he's like a little bit more chipper. Swap. That's the word. There you go. And uh, I saw that he had a uh, stand-up on Netflix, so that's what I've been watching. Uh, I have not finished it. I'm like the last ten minutes. It's one of those <laughs> things where you're watching it, and then you got to dip. But that, that's piece a dude who, who I really like. I don't think he's as funny as Trevor Noah, who, again, mm-hmm. I don't know. What is it with these comedians that they're not just funny, but they're good-looking as well? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I've been watching him. I, I want to see more of his stuff that he has. Uh, I don't watch a lot of the Daily Show other than the segments that they have, but I really mm-hmm. like his sense of humor and the way that he's able to balance because 
yeah, The Daily Show is known for being more on the left side of things. And usually, when you, and we've talked about this, when you mix politics and comedy, sometimes your bias comes through. Mm-hmm. And I'm one who you should make fun of everyone. And you can tell sometimes they only focus on some. This dude makes fun of everyone. This guy makes jokes yeah. that I'm not expecting him to make. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm like, because usually they're like, oh, I can't make this joke because as much as I want to be funny, I'm still standing to one side. This guy's like, I don't care. I'm going to make jokes on any side. So that's why I like him. The other yeah, he's got that a been... very well-rounded perspective. Yeah, that, I agree with yeah. you that his Daily Show segments are really strong. I think, you know, since they've had this uh, switch over to Trevor Noah, he's probably the strongest correspondent on The Daily Show right now. Especially because they get a lot of hate. I don't, I, I never knew that but Trevor Noah gets a lot of hate, which surprised yeah. me because I always thought it was funny. And I'm like, oh, the world doesn't <laughs> like him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to follow Jon Stewart, but yeah, I think yeah, he's been doing a pretty good is, job, especially but, uh, as he's grown into the role. And he's got good people working with him like this yes. dude, but... Uh, on the flip side of things, I've been catching up on The Leftovers. I remember seeing season one a long time ago. Season two came around, and I got some buddies. Shout out to Chase from a few mixed reviews. He doesn't make videos. Don't subscribe to him. But he told me, he's like, yo, second season really amped it up a bit. I was like, okay. And then I've been hearing some things about the third season. So I'm rewatching the first season because me, everyone else, and I'm including the writers, have no idea what was going on. And I'm just worried that it's going to – because, again, I'm not in season two yet – that it's, like everybody else, it's going to be that thing where they just give you the setup and never the why. And you want to know the why because it feels very important. And it, and I'm okay with it's like, uh, a lot of people brought it up, The Walking Dead. It's about how they survive, not so much, you know, why they're all sick. But eventually, that's something that they're going to answer. Yeah. With The Leftovers, though, they tease that thing so much. It's like, you, you better tell me. Well, you better not. And I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but it's HBO. So I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched a few of episodes of the first season of Leftovers, and I mean, I didn't stop because I disliked it. I just stopped because that is a heavy, heavy show. It is, yes, it is. pretty depressing. I mean, for those of you who may not know what The Leftovers is about, oh, yeah. it's sort of the aftermath of this uh, traumatic world-changing event where uh, you have to let me know. I think it's like one in every nine people or something like so, that. Yeah. they they. It's pretty much like left behind for those of yeah. you who saw those movies. It's like they get raptured and there's like a good chunk. It's not like some people in one town. It's like a good chunk of people just disappeared. Some celebrities too. I know exactly, they mentioned like yeah. Shaquille O'Neal gets raptured <laughs> and it becomes this big like religious Exactly. Uh, dilemma for a lot of people like mm-hmm. does this mean there is a god does this mean that certain beliefs in god are now wrong because mm-hmm. we've seen does it validate certain beliefs in god uh and, and just seeing all these different people deal with this life-changing in many cases traumatic yeah. event I, I mean i found it very heavy but very compelling at the same time although i heard it takes a dramatic shift after the first season that's why that's why i'm excited to get to it for season two, but yeah, like you said, it also doesn't take place right as the rapture happens. That's right. what I call it, the, the disappearing, whatever you want to say. It takes place like a couple years later, after everyone's like gone through it. So mm-hmm. that's an interesting approach. Again, some may say, because a lot of people hate the show, because again, it's that, that it, it irks you because you feel like they're not going to answer things, but... Yeah, so this is from um, Lost co-creator Damon yeah. Lindelof. And considering the amount of hate you received for not answering things correctly at the end of Lost... I love I, Lost, though. That's, that's the one thing I I'm always going to defend. I do, too. Okay, cool. I'm glad we can be on that no, same I ship. Am. Lost, Lost I, is my favorite, my favorite story ever told. We have to go back. It, it, goes, it, goes, um, it goes Lost. It goes the good news, <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> and, then, and then all the other stories out there. But, yeah, no, I'm a huge Lost fan. So, I mean, I, I have some faith in his ability to land the project. And considering how he, you know, was... He's written about how he was traumatized by the way people re- reacted to the end of Lost. I think he's going to be make sure this ending is really, really considered and questions people have um, are wrapped up in some satisfying way. We'll see. I just like the characters. Keep forgetting her name. She played Ben Affleck's twin sister in Gone Girl. Her name's Cooney something, I think. She's a Carrie fantastic... Coon? Her. I think that's her yes, name. Yes, she was She's in Gone Girl, She's a fantastic actress. Oh, wait, she no, is... you said Gone Girl. <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. I love her. She's good. Yeah, she's also in Fargo is what, what I was thinking Oh, for of, real? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, That's another one I do got to catch Fargo, up. Fargo, not the yeah. movie. But, uh, yeah, she time traveled back season. in time. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I met with the Coen brothers. 
Um, so yeah, I I really want to catch up on the leftovers. That's a show that I uh, like. I mentioned I've seen a little bit of, but haven't kept up with as much. As for what I've been watching, uh, I mentioned last week I had been watching Incredible Kimmy Schmidt. Did not love the third season, although I liked it. But I'm actually enjoying a very different uh, Robert Carlock produced project. This one is called Great News. It just finished a ten episode first season on NBC, and okay. it's created by Tracy Wigfield, who was also a Thirty Rock writer. This one is about uh, a woman who works at a news station who whose mother then comes and works as an intern at the news station. It stars Andrea Martin, but it's got a very funny cast. Many people you've probably seen in, in smaller roles before, but no one you're, never, you're, no one you're absolutely familiar with. Yeah. Uh, John Michael Higgins, who shows up in a lot of improv projects, sort of plays the, uh, I, I want to call him the Ron Swanson role, even though he carries none of the Ron Swanson authority. Uh, but this is... Reminiscent of 30 Rock in a way that is somewhat different to me than the way that Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt reminds me of 30 Rock. With Unbreakable, there's a broadness and a silliness and yeah. and just an, an unreality to it that reminds me of later seasons of 30 Rock where they stopped really caring. It was mostly about the jokes. Great News actually reminds me of the early seasons of 30 Rock where they had a plot and you know Liz was trying to adopt a baby and they cared about real things. This is a little more tied to reality in a way that I like. I also really like the setting of the news world. There's lots of shows that have been set in newsrooms before, including the newsroom. Uh, but I think it's a really interesting world to, to set a, a workplace sitcom in. Uh, also, Nicole Richie is one of the stars on the show as one of the co-anchors on the news program. And if you had told me this years ago, I wouldn't believe you. She's really funny on this show. Like hilarious even uh-huh. uh so i actually would recommend great news a lot only 10 episodes probably worth your time wow. is, uh, uh is it on netflix is it nbc but you can stream all of the episodes on the on the man thing oh, okay right. that they I have check that out how long yeah. how long are the episodes uh t- cable half hour so 21 Ooh, minutes that's right up my alley yeah, right. man, and i like that it's 10 episodes that, that that's i always advocate for that they no reason to be more than 10 <laughs> episodes long it was just renewed for a second season. I don't know how awesome. long that one is, but I oh, yeah, it will also be shorter. Yeah, I already know what's going to happen. I also have been watching the second season of F for Family. That one just popped up on Okay, Netflix. I've only seen a couple snippets there and there, but I saw you were watching it. Yes. Um, I will I, – let's, let's talk about it a little bit more later on the show, maybe okay. next week's episode or something, once yeah, you've yeah. had a chance to catch up with oh, it. Oh, yeah, I do want to catch up with it. I love that show. I mean, it's got – it's got a lot of the darkness that I love in animation, stuff like BoJack Horseman. I, that's where like I was that. going to get it. Is it as yeah. good as BoJack? I'm not going to put it at that le- You know my love for BoJack. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't quite put it at the BoJack level. Okay, good. But in terms of TV I've seen this year, it's probably in the top five the second Ooh. season. So Ooh, I don't know. I would, I, would, I would catch up on it. I would catch up on it. All right. All right, without further ado, we're getting into our first big chunk of the day. It's the yay or nay news where Art and I talk about the latest developments in the film industry and give our approval or disapproval. I don't know how thumbs work. And uh, we start off with the movie we're actually talking about later in the show, Wonder Woman. There was a screening, or has yet to be a screening, but that's not really the issue, uh, at Alamo Alamo Austin Draft House. Austin Draft House out, whatever. That caused a big stir uh, when the Draft House announced that they would be holding a women-only screening. Uh, the internet reacted in a couple ways. One, embracing it and really enjoying it, and other, reacting with hate and cries of discrimination mm-hmm. against men. Uh, Art, are you yay or nay on the possibility of a women-only screening? I mean, I made a video on this. It is a, it's, it's a weird one. I can't say it because... Yeah. I, you, you, I mean, I've made this very clear. I'm not a person who's black and white. I think that there are idiots on both sides. There's idiots everywhere. Like, I don't see why we always just think that one side's completely wrong and the other one isn't. Look, I'm all for... Boy, we cracking one with the boys right now. Let the girls crack, crack, uh, yeah. stir martinis with themselves, Margaritaville, whatever they need to do. You know, I have no problem with that. Then comes the idea of... The men who who think, like, a little self-entitlement, like, oh, no, I, 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 they're just mad to be mad. And they end up sounding like the stereotyped feminists that they argue about. 
-hmm. And at the same time, wanting a woman-only screening when the whole point of being a feminist is because you want equality from, not women, but the men? Why separate yourself? You know, it's, it's like, it's things that makes yeah, me think. Yeah. Uh, but when I come to come down to it, it's like, yeah, they should be able to have it. The only reason why I'm iffy about it is because I had, I had, I had expressed my thoughts on this saying, yeah, let, let them have it. Like, there's always screenings where that happens. You know, mm -hmm. I've been to... Uh, special needs screenings where they dim the lights or where they where they turn up the uh, lights they, they they turn down the sound a bit uh, I know that there's military screenings there's different things like that but then someone brought up something to my attention and this is why I always love hearing from 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 viewers is that not only is it supposed to be a woman's screening I didn't know that it didn't happen I just read about the event yeah. but it can only be female staff no males supposedly are able to work there. Now I don't know. They 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 sent me to an article and I read the article. I don't know if that's what's going to come to fruition. But then the, the, you know that kind of got me thinking. No, that that's that's legit seg uh, segregation. Discrimination. Yeah, that that right there is yeah, literally. Yeah. I mean, I I think here's the thing. When you think about it, though, like the, I'm going yay on the screening just because if you look at the actual details of it, mm -hmm. this so it was. Started raising funds, right? Well, not even... Let's ignore charity. Let's just talk okay. practicals, right? It started out as one screening on a Tuesday night that sold out so quickly, it's on now two Tuesday. screenings. All yeah. Right. So it's a 6.30 and 7 p.m. Or maybe it's 7 and 7.30. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Two screenings on a Tuesday night. Now, you, you go to the movies as much as I do. You know... Tuesday night's the dead night. Tuesday Ooh, night's yeah. the, the Tuesday nights they off they offer like two for one deals Five or discount movies, tickets, free popcorn. Yeah, yeah. They just need butts in the seats. This is this is a ploy to just get people in in the theater, and it's a ploy that worked. Great this is marketing. a movie. Yeah, this is great marketing, in my opinion. You know, this is a movie that has has people cheering for a specific reason. Yeah. So I understand the reason to to want to celebrate that among people who are celebrating it for a common cause. Now, like if I think that if it's the kind of thing where you're like you have to like forcefully remove people or yeah. something that'd be that'd be weird, but it's weird. no one's saying no one's saying that's going to happen. I mean, uh -huh. I think it's a it, you know the what what's wrong the way that this got out of hand is just by it going across the internet and it making it seem like a much bigger deal than this people is. talking about it who who don't even live in Austin Texas exactly, yeah, exactly. this Pe is really people getting mad who were like well great now i can't see it boy stop yeah there's it's like five theaters you. right next to that one don't go to that not one not only not only that there's screenings of this movie in that theater at the same exactly time. <laughs> like it, you know it'd be it'd be a completely different scenario if this was extrapolated and expanded right, like but it, it's it's a one night event on the exactly. deadest night of the week and there's Just, other screenings you can go to people act like it's the only theater around showing the movie yeah. they've been waiting a decade for. i'm yay on the screening nay on the outrage yeah. uh moving on to netflix which recently canceled The Get Down and Sense8, two oh, of fair. the beloved but maybe less watched of the beloved shows on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Off of those cancellations comes new comments from Reed Hastings, the Netflix CEO, that says, Our hit ratio is way too high. We've canceled a few shows, but I'm always pushing the content team. We have to take more risks. You have to try more crazy things because we should ha have a higher cancel rate overall. <clears throat> Sorry about that, my throat. That sounds like that sounds like cable television right there. <laughs> Art, are you yay or nay on Netflix canceling more Ooh. shows? Look, it's weird to me. I'm nay because when I think I think Netflix. I think reviving shows. I think about this incredible plethora of shows that they've come out with. Some may see it as a negative, but I'll take the negative if that negative is just, oh, there's an overabundance and I have to see a bunch of bad things before I get to what I like. So, oh, no, a lot of content creators a lot are getting of content. paid for their work. Yeah, like that's <laughs> not a bad thing. I'd rather have these people test out something, be given the opportunity to tell a story, and then me be able to say – Eh, not for me and go on to the next one. But that's awesome that they're given the opportunity. When I think of cancellations on Netflix, it's sort of like, that's a TV thing to me. Because when they yeah. cancel it, they can't make it again. Again, Netflix being such a revivalist, is it really a cancellation? Can't it come back? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. like, if Netflix ain't going to revive it, who's going <laughs> to revive it? If Netflix is the one reviving dead shows from cable. 
That's the thing. Like, so Get Down is not going to go anywhere. Neither is Sense8. They're going to be on Netflix. That's where he is. Curious. I, I'm curious if Sense8 now gets like a bunch new viewers. If it gets super, po- if it's a cult program ten years from now, yeah. And it kind of is a little bit now. Bringing it back. Yeah. I mean, it's totally a cult program now. But it's but not like big cult, enough, I guess. As cult to, say to so. the way that like Arrested Development mer- merited more. Yeah. You know, even Arrested Development, there's news that they're making a fifth season now, and it's been you know maybe five years since they made season four. You know, so um, it's, yeah. it's 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 interesting to see. I'm curious how real these cancellations are, how much they are testing to see the interests in some of these shows. Um, I I don't want them to cancel more, so I'm going to say nay. But yeah. that being said, like I don't need another season of Love Sick, so I'm not going to be upset if that inevitably be, gets canceled. Uh, yeah, uh, I can if, see it like that. I guess if we're talking the show specifically, I wasn't a fan of Sunset. Yeah. Because uh, I have very strong opinions on what diversity is in movies and to me that just felt like certain minorities of not just like gender race whatever just being thrown on screen just for the sake of it and i'm just like but where's the story though i want to care for the characters that's the point like i can't say that without people going oh you're just you're just against these type of people i was like nah I'm more for them than you are. I want to see them in a good story. Yeah, I've heard that like the story doesn't really like kick in. No, until, like, episode there is no story. Six. It's just it's, like, it's just it's I just to be able part. to show these people on screen, but they're not real characters. Yeah, because it's I mean, from the I Wachowski did... sisters, right? They're now both this yes. it's from the sisters. So I know that one of the things that they were pushing a lot was the the queerness of it was a lot yeah. of the LGBT side of it. Yeah, and they I'm had like, an episode that was at like a pride parade or something like that. Do it. Sure. Yeah, it's Don't cool. forget the story part of it. Don't just have them be all good-looking people just so they can kiss on screen. Mm-hmm. No, that, yeah, that's I, lame when it happens for straight people. <laughs> so <laughs> equality, you get the same thing. You have to <laughs> make a good story. Yeah, I haven't seen I, the, the, the I, get them. I, 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 from the people that I know who've seen both shows, uh, there's a lot of people who just quit on both of them before getting to the ending. I mean, it, it's it's an unfortunate reality of Netflix today that when you have so many options, it's hard to like wait until episode five to get hooked onto something. And that's what yeah. I'm hearing from a lot of people about both these shows is that you kind of yeah. needed to watch more. Yeah, I do know some people who like them though. So again, that yeah. this is just my perception of it. Some people like it, and for you yeah, guys, there's Kaylee one thing is to do. Very yeah, upset about this. <laughs> Obviously, for you, it's a no. So. Uh, you know, message up Netflix and have them not cancel it. Yeah. Uh, we move on to the news about Top Gun 2's title uh, yeah, on uh, his yeah. recent press tour yeah. for <laughs> the new Mummy movie. Tom Cruise has revealed that Top Gun 2 will be called Top Gun Maverick. Are, are you yay or nay on Top Gun Maverick existing? One condition. Okay. If you give me that mummy yell from the trailer, I'm all in. <laughs> I was looking at the movies coming out this upcoming weekend, right, from where, the, the moment they were recording this show. And I'm like, ooh, it comes at night, comes out this weekend. But I was like, <gasps> but the, and I didn't even know why I was so excited for the mummy. And then it just, it, the, like the trailer just, boop, 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 boop. And it was just him going, ah. If you have not seen this, what I'm referring to is when they, not, not before, just a regular one, but when they released the IMAX trailer for the mummy, they did it without the actual sound. It was, was just the leak, background effects. Yeah, it was a leak yeah. thing that happened. Go watch that if you haven't. It's still up to just search it up. Mummy trailer. We'll include disaster. that link in the description below. Yeah, it, it's, it's funny. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You guys, if you don't know what the Wilhelm scream is, you do know what it is. Go hear that. <laughs> this is the 2017 version of the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, so, I yeah, hope this starts to show shirt. up everywhere. Oh, my God, that'd be great. Yeah, if, if When his plane goes off, it just does it. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I... Yo, if I don't they care. I don't scream in, if they put that scream in, I'm in yay. I'm yay too. Whatever. Who cares about Top Gun? Uh, Chloe Moretz has taken to social media regarding the new marketing campaign of her upcoming movie. Uh, she is voicing Snow White in a animated remake of the film. Um, I forgot the title actually, but there was a, ty- a poster displayed at the Cannes Film Festival and the tagline of the poster read what if Snow White Snow White was no longer beautiful and it pictures Snow White <laughs> next to, as a like shorter somewhat curvy chubby woman what well, 
kind of a kind of a weird marketing campaign, if you ask me. But it's France. Who knows? Who, who knows what goes over there? Uh, uh, Chloe Moretz responded on Twitter. I have now fully reviewed the marketing for Red Shoes. I am just as appalled and angry as everyone else. That wasn't approved by me or my team. Art, are you yay or nay on this star of the upcoming Red Shoes movie trashing the the marketing the marketing for the movie on social media? Yeah, because it's funny. But wait, <laughs> is, is she a producer or something? I I don't know. I mean, is she at that level? Yeah, because who is she to say like, ah, oh, I did not approve of this? Yeah, I know. That's that's the kind of thing that it was like. I mean, were you yeah. supposed to approve? It? I mean, I, I understand no why she would not approve of it, but. Yeah it, it, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But it, I don't know, it's so weird. Like, another... It's an animated movie. And it's French? Or is it American? No, I think they were just ad- advertising it Oh, in France. Con. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I don't know. Yeah. To me, what's it called? I don't see it. Red Shoes and the Red Seven Sh- Dwarves. It should be Snow White and the Seven Redundant Adaptations that's done for this movie, because... <laughs> It's pointless. Why are we seeing another one of these? Don't we have Melissa? Uh, Maleficent's different, but don't we have Snow White in the Huntsman? We had we had those two Snow Whites in the same year. It and was Mirror, Mirror Mirror and Huntsman, yeah. So why do we need and another na- one? Neither of them were good, although they made that Huntsman sequel without Snow White. <laughs> Third time's yeah. a charm. Uh, I I'm, I'm I'm yay on her trashing this movie because yeah, that's funny. I had me. no interest in Red Shoes before this, yeah. so now it oddly this marketing is marketing is good marketing. Not- that's yeah, funny. Yeah. I do want to see the, the picture if they come up with some other ones. They just trash a <laughs> bunch of people. We'll uh, include a link oh, to that that's funny. tweet below as well. Uh, and our final news bit on yay or nay is that James Cameron is in the news the talking to CNN about the upcoming Avatar sequels and why they're taking so long. <laughs> in it, he had the following quote. Sorry, uh, I'll play. Okay, I'll, I'll take that line over and just cut this down. In it, Cameron revealed the following quote regarding his opinion on Entourage, and specifically... It, entourage? Why did I say Entourage? <laughs> you making Entourage, too? <laughs> yeah, he's showing up for the Aquaman <laughs> sequel in Entourage. Perfect. Um, he had this gem of a quote about his opinion on audience attitudes towards Avatar. Yeah, quote... This land will help bridge that gla- gap in the public conscious. People will come here and say, man, I need some Avatar. <laughs> Art, do you think, yay or nay, public opinion is, man, I need some Avatar regarding these sequels? When I wake up in the morning, like, what am I missing in my life? And it goes, <clears throat> finishing that career goal that I want. Making sure that my family is healthy and I have enough money to provide for them. Naturally. And then it's, I need, needing that avatar. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, my mornings start with, like, get up. A cup of avatar. Teeth, get my coffee, and I just sigh out. <sighs> Three more years to avatar, too. That's, it's and just then a I countdown. update that every time that he pushes back. Every time that he pushes it back. Isn't he, like, focusing on Pandora? Who knows what he's focusing on? He might be at the bottom of the sea exploring some shit. I don't know. I I know they're opening up Pandora in California, I think it is. Uh, I'm going to be going to California uh, sometime in July. I don't know why he has so much faith in this story. But I'll say this about James Cameron. This is the man who I respect him because of his Aliens pitch. And I don't know. Do you know the Aliens pitch? I don't know if we talked about this before. Well, I'm so glad to tell you. <laughs> you, you. So the story about how the, how this man pitched Aliens was that he pretty much just went into the producer's room, right? Alien was a success for Ridley Scott, and he wanted to do the sequel. And all he did was write on a, on a, on a board, Aliens. Then he took that last S, and just put a line through it, and made it a money, money sign. <laughs> so you know what? Make Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Put, you know what? Make points. Make Avatar 2.5. Two, 2.3, do whatever you got to do. Change right. up the game. I got a pitch you need to hear. All right, I'm hearing it. Boss, babies, dollar sign. I was sold after I saw the first Boss Baby trailer. <laughs> I want a Netflix series. I want a YouTube <laughs> red show. You know, Boss, ba- Boss Baby is the most underrated movie of 2017, so I don't know why you're joking around with that. But Boss Baby made bank. You can say whatever you want about Boss Baby, but that Boss was supposed Baby to be a straight-to-DVD release, and it was in the top five for, like, three weeks, all right? Anything can I, happen. 
They right. are making that sequel. That is happening. That is a reality I'll in Hollywood. I was not expecting. And we're going to cover it live. <laughs> we're live here at the, at the Big Boss Baby 2 premiere. This is where we've come with the intercut. This uh, is where we are. This is what our lives have led to, unfortunately. We move on. Yeah. I don't thankfully. care for Avatar. <laughs> to our topic of the week. This week we are getting into the big release of the weekend, Wonder Woman. Now, uh, this is going to be a review with spoilers. We'll warn you before we get into any spoiler detail, but uh, it's been out for a few days. It seems like just about everyone's, excuse me, it seems like just about everyone's seen it. <laughs> uh, so we figured it's safe to talk about some spoilers since you probably have heard the non-spoiler discussions elsewhere. Uh, of course, Wonder Woman is the adaptation of the DC property that's been in the works for a long time. There was a canceled CW show, and there's been many failed adaptations at the movie. This one finally brought to screen by director Patty Jenkins and starring oh. Gal Gadot mm -hmm. as the uh, titular Wonder Woman, Prince Di or Diana Prince, yeah. as they call her, I guess. It's funny because she is Princess Diana. Yeah. But ain't nobody going to be calling her Princess Diana because <laughs> there's another one of those. So, yeah, Diana Prince. Uh, this is a origin story in the mold of many origin superhero stories you've yeah. seen before. It traces her roots as a youngster brought up on the island of Themyscira, which mm -hmm. I, I can't remember and don't really know how to pronounce. Mm -hmm. uh, what, And she is taught how to be a warrior and is taught to fight to honor the Amazon code, which is, seeks to bring peace to the world and end war and all sorts of uh, mumbo-jumbo backstory that I don't want to get into right now. Mm -hmm. Art, what did you think the greatest of this movie, movie adaptation? It's changing the world. If you don't, go. If you don't like Wonder drop. Woman 2017, you don't respect women, as they say. No, that I, seems to be the case on the internet right now. That's the thing, yeah. <laughs> if, you don't like, if you don't like this movie, you don't like your mother, your sister, your aunts. Look, um, I was pawned for it. I like Gal Gadot, however you say it. She's an Israeli queen is what she is. I liked her in the Fast and Furious movies. I thought she was dope. And then, I don't know, she died. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Did she die in the Fast and Furious movies? Um, other so, franchise spoiler alert. <laughs> it's Fast and the Furious. Stop. She, uh, I thought she was, she's not the greatest actress. Mm -hmm. But she's very charismatic, I feel. Yeah, and she, and I thought she was perfectly good in this. I thought she was en enjoyable to watch. And it's very interesting. And I, uh, One of the things, I guess, if we were to say, admit problems with Batman v Superman. I feel one of the biggest problems, which is just timing in reality, and by timing I mean that, and I've said this before, it's a movie that is supposed to be watched after this, all the DC movies come out. Because mm. there's a bunch of prequels that are coming out. And once yeah. we see all these and we watch Batman v Superman again, we'll be like, oh, that's why she acted, oh, oh, that's, oh, okay. And this is, adds to that, because you see her character in this, and it adds a lot to what you saw in her first appearance that she had. But I loved... It's, okay, this is one of those movies, right, you were saying, it's hyped up so much, and it sucks that it's hyped up so much, because then you're on these levels of expectations, and it's not a bad movie, but mm -hmm. they brought you all the way to the top, and now you gotta look down. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a good superhero movie. Yes. It's a good origin story. Yeah. But it's still like many of those from before. It's not like it does anything crazily, crazily different. And it's not like, come on now, at the end they don't resolve to be the same thing that every other blockbuster CGI fest thing with lights and whatever. I like the character of uh, uh, Princess Diana, of <laughs> Wonder Woman. It's weird when you say of, of yeah. Wonder Woman and the way that she went about like wanting to save people. Being uh -huh. super chipper and like coming in, some of my favorite scenes are like when she goes in and she's yelling at the dudes like "You're not gonna do anything," and with her yeah. accent too, like she's like "You're not gonna do anything." And then she goes and she yells at um, Chris Pine, and there was some the comedic elements that they were able to add in this movie. I think worked because there's this yeah. fish out of water element that they obviously have for. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I, it it's similar to, to the way that they play Thor in the Marvel movies because he oh, comes from yeah. That's a different exactly universe. That's exactly what it's like. Exactly. You, you know, he, he's so, like, fish out of water, as you put it, that he he's so alien to yeah. all the ways that this world it's works. oblivious, yeah. Yeah, there's, like, an obliviousness, but also, like, a... It's uh, charming. 
yeah, like, a charmingness to their to, to how good they are, how morally mm -hmm. pure they are. That's they haven't exactly, been corrupted yeah. by humans. Yeah, and you got Thor walking around like the way that he speaks to people, and the way that he's walking around with his weapon. The same way you have Diana walking around literally with her sword and shield, trying to charge at a at a revolving door. But I mm -hmm. like that about her. She she was an engaging character, and the same thing with Chris Pine, and the same thing with a lot of the other characters that they had. Mm -hmm. It's one of those movies that I saw, and I'm like, ah, y'all hyped it up a bit too much. I'm not gonna let the. It's a good movie. Honestly, though, the more that I let it simmer, it's the more that I like it. Usually I would find more problems, but the more that I like it, the more I think of her character and I go, ah, she was a good character. The more that I think about some of the supporting characters and I go, they had very subtle moments. Now, it's not a perfect movie. If anybody tells you that they're lying, thieving adultery at heart, the movie has moments. Uh, the movie's a statement. Like, the, the, this is the first female-directed, female-driven franchise that has crossed $100 million. Some people tend to forget that the Hunger Games was one. and That's one of the things that bothers me is that we pretend like Furiosa and all these other characters have, have not been around. It's disrespectful, yeah. all right? Don't you dare disrespect Furiosa and but people female-directed. But directing, though, this is the first time that a woman... A female director has been able to cross 100 million, right. and it's very well deserved. And I love the subtleties that they have in this movie because as I was watching the movie, and I said this in my video, you can feel the people who are fans, you can feel the people who are there just for a Thursday night, but you can feel the people who legit were watching the screen going, finally, I know what it feels like to be a dude who always sees how BA they can be on screen. And mm -hmm. to be completely honest, I don't have a kid. <laughs> I, I don't plan to for a while. But if I had a little girl, I'd be like, yo. I'm no feminist, not that feminism, I'm not getting into that, but I'm no, like, overly abundant, like, oh, we got to fight for this, we got to fight for that. I'm all about equal rights for everyone. And when I'm watching that, it just makes me go, like, yo, if I had a daughter, this is that movie that I wanted to see, that I wanted to watch to be encouraged. This is the movie that, that where she's the one, the boys are, are teaming up to her, and not, not just in the movie, in real life, it took a woman for Warner Bros. I said this. It took a woman for Warner Bros. to finally get a fresh rating, all right? <laughs> this is their lucky charm. This is what they needed. And it's the subtleties that they have in there. You saw the movie. There's that moment where... I feel bad I forgot his name because he's from Lost. He's from that season six of Lost. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, There's that moment God. where he says, I, always, I never wanted to be a soldier. I wanted to be an actor. I just wasn't yeah. the right color. And it goes to the next scene. A bad movie? Goes, oh, but I just wasn't the right color. And then gets into all of his uh, Middle Eastern whatever and talks about the one person who did him wrong and ham fists it in your throat. Yeah. But it was so subtle. I was just like, oh, that's good. And then they left it. And they left it there for you to think about. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, those are good things. And I keep thinking about other moments that they did it. And just, just comic, getting to the geeky side of things, comic book elements, the way that they did the Princess Diana to call her that, the way that they played with the Lasso of Truth. I really like those things. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think, it, considering the weight of expectations on this movie, it succeeded. You know, there's a there's going to be people from both sides, people cheering for it and rooting against it, very passionately. And, and it, to to walk that fine line and and give uh, them something they'll like, them something yeah. not to hate. You know, it, it's 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 a pretty solid job in terms of making sure that it's going to fulfill what we need from a superhero movie. But it does fall victim to a lot of the, you know, tropes, tropes of the yeah, superhero just, genre. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, for me personally, the movie begins uh, with Diana all fully grown. She receives a picture that is basically the end of the movie. Yeah. And then it goes back to when she's a child. And, and for me, just maybe that's because I've seen too many of these movies. But when, when you show me her in, as, as an adult, you show me her at the end of an action sequence. And, and then you jump back to yes. her as a kid. My mind is thinking, all right, well, there goes the next hour. Yeah. You know, where, where I'm just waiting for the thing to that uh -huh. they showed me is going to happen to come up and there's moments along the way that are fun but a lot of it is is expositioning you know uh, all these superhero movies kind of fall victim to to these things i don't really think it's necessarily something to pin on uh wonder woman but... no it's yeah it runs runs in the family of superhero movies exactly uh but you know there were elements of it that i did think stood out i thought a couple of the action sequences were really well directed particularly 
uh, I want to say the middle one when she is sort of storming through the building and that was it, dope. It, that one was yeah. dope. It's one the one where most of the trailer shots are from, and yeah. for a good reason because it was really well directed. Um, and even the final battle was pretty pretty solid as well. Uh, I, I liked yeah. Gal Gal Gadot as you mentioned. A lot of the actors were really solid and charming. Chris Pine, I think. Is it's really excellent whenever he decides he's willing to be sort of more of a sidekick. Yes, you know, he he's such a charming macho guy that to see him in that lead role, it's almost like I, you're too good looking. Like you wait, wait, because you're you seeing him bit. on the frame and you're like, that's the main character. They ain't treating him like the main character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's like he. He wants respect, and he's not going to really like command it. But you you see him not getting it. It's he has this fun sort of tension throughout the I like movie that. where he, I like that a he lot. feels like he needs to be the hero. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he both he and Gal Gadot were. Uh, it was a good dynamic. It was a good dynamic. Yeah, and I think that's really the thing that that pushes this movie to, through to the finish line, especially in the beginning. Without either of them there. There's less to attach to, but once mm-hmm. once the two of them show up and are able to go back and forth, have some of that banter you were talking about, it, it, the movie really starts going. And I thought, you know, there were some really great visual flares along the way too. The way that they That's incorporated the lasso, I thought was yeah. going to be cheesy, just knowing what it's. A, I mean, it's a lasso, and they laugh at it though, but movie. they're practically laughing at it. They're like, you, you know yeah. what this is, and they do a lot of things where you. Th- uh, this is the movie has one big moment towards the end that I cannot forgive. They literally repeat something they did in Batman v Superman. I cannot forgive it. That being said, though, there are many moments where you're just going, like, why can't they just... And then a character actually did it. There's that mm-hmm. moment where they want to beat up Chris Pine's character, and then someone goes, no, if we kill him, then we'll never know. Yep. Yeah. There's another <laughs> moment later on... Uh, oh, dang, I just had it at the top of my head. When... Uh, oh, yeah. When, when he's trying to explain to her, he's like, no, I am taking you there. She's like, I don't believe you. Why doesn't he just grab the... And then he grabs the lasso of truth and puts... I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah. The movie is... is it's, you never want the audience to be smarter than your movie. Exactly. And luckily, when this movie felt like it was getting predictable, it would like steer into the predictability and then turn. You know? Yeah. And moments like when he grabs the lasso or... I felt like I, felt like I knew where it was going in terms of the villain and... Oh, that, that was bad. Sort of... Yeah, that was bad. You can see that from a mile away. That was bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and but I think it had some nice like layers to it too. Like I, I thought did. the, I thought the the yeah it's it's forecasted obviously. But I think I think that the the confrontation itself had interesting moments in it. Yeah, it's very two faced. I thought about mm-hmm. it. I saw a lot mm-hmm. of elements. So one of the ones was totally. it reminded me very much of the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, not so much the Dark Knight, but you know the aftermath of that because technically it weren't spoilers, right? Yes, we're let's get into spoiler yeah. territory. So as you know, the big twist is that Ares, which was the whole running joke, which I think is hilarious. Because at a certain point, she's so like, hey, it's Ares, it's Ares. Everyone's like, bro, now it's the Germans. What are you talking about? Ares don't exist. Yeah, they're they're fighting a war. But against, you, yeah. it's, it's World War One. Yes, World War One. They're fighting against the Germans, and while Chris Pine and all of the human people want to, yeah, they just see it as fight against the Germans and see it as a multi-dimensional war. Mm-hmm. She just sees it as I need to defeat the God of War, Ares, and everything. Will be good, better. Everything. And that was a funny storyline because, like, you know, you you're as a you're a viewer, so you know that she doesn't, you know that she knows that this guy is real. Yeah. But then you're also a human being, and you're going like, nah, she's crazy. But then her demeanor's like, but I want to believe her. And mm-hmm. uh, the twist that they go about with it, you have the other two characters who were straight up cartoons. I'm yeah. sorry, they were they were. There's a point where they just laugh. <laughs> I thought they looked cool. They were cartoons. Doctor Poison. I know that's her name in the comics, but we're talking nineteen. We're talking the late nineties Batman and Robin, where Poison Ivy has a guy who she injects a venom to to make stronger. Bane. That was these two characters. That's what she mm-hmm. did to him. Yeah, it, it felt played out and yeah. and not not dimensioned in the way that a lot of these other characters. They could have been cool though. Yeah, they could. There's that moment when Chris Pine's like on talking. The effects him her. too were pretty cheesy. The what? The effects on him too when he would. Oh no! no everything. The... Yeah, that looked like a video game. That looked like a cutscene yeah. from a video game where, you, where really you're like did. walking and you walk in and then he just oh it was too late. I didn't make the it. The camera play. gets yeah. that weird. Yeah, it does that shaky. That's straight up some Arkham City Batman yep. stuff. Yep. But 
uh, I like the way that she looked. I, there was a one scene that I thought was really cool. Chris Pine's flirting with her, and you're like, "Oh, we're getting some layers here." This is a woman who's never had some yes. romantic side. So I'm like, "Oh, we're getting into this." And they're like, "No, I see your your looks are for someone else." I'm like, "Bro, what? First of all, what's she doing <laughs> in here when she comes in with a sword in her back? That was dumb." But then you get to that twist, which I kind of saw coming because mm-hmm. they had that lingering moment at one point when he inquires about something. And I just laughed when you have this Stuart little looking dude with his mustache. And I'm like, stop. Th- this is your third movie in the universe. You tell me th- your fourth. This is your Loki. <laughs> stop. This is who you're comparing with with, with Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, David Thewlis isn't very. And when God they put like... him in the suit. <laughs> Yeah, I love that one shot where he just looks like ripped as hell. Yeah. Like David, did David Thulis spend like six months in the gym for like with JK? Two he was seconds? with JK Simmons. Yeah, him and JK Simmons are getting buffed but, just for this. Movie. I mean, it was interesting. It, it's cartoony to me because I'm just. He right. looks funny to see him be a god. He's a god. Why would he look like that? First of all, regardless. Yeah. But the idea that even at the end, very subtly, I, I liked it. Again, with the subtleties, that he's still considered a hero though. They had him in the little posters. I thought that was nice. But then on top of that, here's my big issue with it, all right? Batman v Superman did this thing where Superman sacrificed himself with a spear, even though Wonder Woman could have done it. Wonder Woman, again, could have easily chucked that bad boy up into space, and your boy didn't have to die. Do they have... I'm just saying. Do they have, like, like, parachutes or something, like... Right? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't, that felt like a bit it of It was a... so forced. It was like, boy, you ain't gotta die. Go ahead, kill yourself. You know what? Whatever. Leave your 13 tapes or whatever you gotta do. You're, you're just, you're a drama <laughs> queen right now. There's no reason for you to die. There's yeah. no reason for I you mean, to die. You know, I think certain things like that, I, I, I just accept as convention of the superhero genre. It's you know, definitely convention. There are reasons. Yeah. It, it's the inconsequential nature of it and the broad... You need that. Yeah, you need that moment of. Yeah, that it it sells it, but it also keeps me from really fully embracing yeah. the genre as a whole. And that's why for me, like Wonder Woman's just kind of like a solid movie. Like mm-hmm. I'm not really gonna overtly recommend it to most people. Well, it's because like, you're a it, sexist and a misogynist. Because you need to love Wonder Woman 2017 in clearly. order to respect women. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you 100. percent Yeah, it's it's a movie that people are gonna campaign for and champion for. We're looking at it as a movie, though, and as a movie, it's as you say it is. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to put it – I would say maybe it's, like, in my top ten of the superhero movies that have come out. But uh, you know me. I'm not, like, seeing yeah, every yeah. single one of yeah. them. So I, You've seen ten, ten, so it has to be I've by seen ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, like, I, it's not – you know, it's not – Iron Man or the Avengers in the way that that seems to be like a game changer. But it's definitely not one of the worst ones. And I'm, I think that the sequel could be fun now that they've gotten some of the boring origin beats out of the way. I'm hoping yeah. that this movie – I'm hoping that this is the Captain America that leads to the Captain America Winter Soldier. I think you say Captain Underpants. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Underpants a- and Wonder Woman's Wedgie. No. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that it reminded me a lot, too, of was it was like almost – a female Man of Steel. Man of Steel mm-hmm. starts off with that 20 minutes in another world. So does Wonder Woman. 20 minutes in Themyscira. And then one of the things that really sealed it for me is not just the way that they come, this fish out of water in a new place and this whole thing of they have to come to the determination that they can't save everyone. Difference being yeah. is that Superman was so moody people didn't like that. Wonder Woman was like, mm, I really don't like that I can't save them. Superman's like, what you gonna do? <laughs> but one of the things that really just sealed the deal to me that I was, I was like, okay, Zack Snyder literally just took his man of, the Man of Steel script and just made a couple changes. Was do you remember Man of Steel? Infamous line, where where they're arresting Zod and Zod goes, "I will find him," and he yells that out. Yep. There's a scene in Wonder Woman where they put the lasso of truth on your boy, and this is out there too. And the dude looks like he has diarrhea. It's like he's cramping. He's like, I, you could, t- like, I want the behind the scenes footage where it's just him with the fake rope not lit up, just going, <laughs> and he yells out. You, if you saw the movie, there's no way you didn't chuckle a little bit when he just goes, I'm a spy. It sounded like he said, I'm a Jeff. It was the that, funniest thing. That was the biggest laugh for my theater, at least. Oh, I say that all the time. I, I'm a spy. <laughs> just, oh, it was spy. <laughs> 
it was funny to me. And I had yeah. a little, uh, a couple of other unintentional moments, some that were meant to be like the whole uh, sleeping with one another. I thought that was funny. Yeah, was I mean, funny. I think that was, I think that was kind was of clever. intentional. It was yeah. clever. They did, they, the whole like uh, him exposing himself to her thing was played funnily yeah, funny. The whole, funny. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're both sort of in the same area with Wonder Woman in that like. It, we're happy to see it. You know, just talk. going back to your point about being excited for, you know, you, it, that little girls can have a chance to see themselves as yeah, a badass that's on dope. screen. That's cool. Uh, like, for me, it, I'm someone who's really excited to see new things on screen. I've never seen a world uh, like Tangerine mm-hmm. on, depicted on screen. So for me, to see that movie is super exciting just because I have no idea what these people, specifically these people, are going to do next, and I think there's an element of that in this as well. That you know, if you're if you're putting a female hero into the traditional male hero arc, there's just some things that are going to be inherently novel about that. Yes. So while you know, while I am kind of dissing on this movie for being pretty by the numbers, just by virtue of its being that much different, it isn't completely by the numbers. So you know, I think it's it's worth noting that like. It, it may seem like a, a stupid little difference, but it is a difference mm-hmm. that, that is tangible on screen and, and changes the way you watch the movie. I agree. I agree 100%. I think that it definitely is a difference. We say this all the time about how the perspectives that you come in with movies are really what, what, what make it. Not every movie has to be universal. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference when a woman directs a movie. There's a difference when a straight person directs a movie. There's a difference when a black person directs a movie because we all have differences. I always compare it to the haircut method. The way you get a haircut is way different than the way I get a haircut is way different. Mm-hmm. So that little difference alone shapes your entire world differently than mine. So, of course, the way someone approaches a movie, of course, the way uh, that the movie, that the story goes, depending on who we're following, who's the main character, is going to vary. And when you're mm-hmm. watching a movie, I do believe that if the character's written well, you can connect to it. There's not a lot of Hispanic 20-year-olds out there that are playing the main character in a movie but I can still relate with a lot of those characters. Nonetheless, though, when you watch a movie and you see yourself on screen, it really like it pushes you. It really invigorates you. It really inspires you. And I think that's what Wonder Woman has. And it doesn't come at the uh, detriment of any of the male characters, too. I thought the that's dynamic between Chris Pine and his, his troop was Because some great people and... want that. <laughs> and yeah. those are the people that make me go... Nah, you are fighting yeah. for you are becoming what you're fighting against. So yeah. that, and again, that's the thing. If you do not like Wonder Woman, I don't get why people get mad because they want you to like it just because. So those are our collected thoughts on Wonder Woman. Let us know in the comments below whether you agree, disagree, or have any reactions to our reactions. We're going to move ahead into our last big segment of the day. It's called New to See. This is where we go over what's new in theaters, new at the box office, and what we will be checking out over the weekend. Looking first at this weekend's box office, it's, of course, Wonder Woman coming in first place with the big hundred million return it is definitely getting a sequel at this pace uh and good good for the movie good for patty jenkins patty jenkins is a really talented director who deserves a hit like hey she's cool i saw some of the behind the scenes like she's cool like she gets into it she's up Mm -hmm. there like with a bow and arrow she's like you do it like this i like that (laughs) but i think the movie also made 230 globally globally so that that's also really cool so that means that uh, it's getting overseas bank as well so that's dope yeah yeah which probably was a bigger question than it getting love here i mean it, it, there was definitely a lot of hunger for it here mm-hmm. but who knows what the who knew at least in the past what the international market yeah. was for a female superhero yeah, in some now places that it can yeah. be yeah now we know it can be very big mm-hmm. uh coming in second just barely captain underpants the first epic Tra-la-la-la. movie uh starring many of our mutual boys yeah. in voice yeah. capacities uh, I actually didn't see this one. Art, did you get Yo, it? I'm to watching it? it tomorrow night at the drive-in. Uh, I'm a huge Captain Underpants fan. Back in the day, <laughs> I was. It's Captain Underpants that I moved on to a series of unfortunate events. And what do you know? <laughs> both of them are now adapted. What a crazy time to be alive. Wow. 12-year uh, my... Art would be so happy. Here's my worry about it, right? What made a series of unfortunate events great was the style of writing and the humor 
that it had within a book. What made Captain Underpants great? The way that it had those flipperamas, the way that it was written, uh, the way that it was drawn uh, on these books. And I don't know if that's going to translate on screen. I didn't think it translated well. On, uh, let me put it this way. A series of unfortunate events, the Netflix series, mm-hmm. is perfect. Yet I don't like it. I don't like it as a TV series. I like it as a book. And mm. I feel like I'm not going to like Captain Captain Underpants as a movie because I think it works better as a book. I'm a person who truly believes that. I believe Harley Quinn's a cartoon. She ain't no live-action character. And <laughs> that may be, a, that may be a, a, a video I make in the future, but th- yeah, that's my quick thoughts on that. And a movie that I haven't seen yet, but I'm going to watch tomorrow. Cool. So uh, check out Art's various social medias. You'll probably catch some thoughts on Captain, some, some Captain, Captain Underpants. Underpants. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Captain Underpants and then some, pop, some some political views. That, that's how we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, coming in third, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, dropping precipitously in its second week, only making $21 million, uh, followed up by Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. 2, another mega box office hit. And in fifth, rounding out the top five, is... Baywatch, which has only made $41 million domestically flop, yeah. after two weeks. It's considered a domestic flop. The Rock refuted that on Twitter. I saw that. I saw it with Scott Vance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, it definitely made less money than they were hoping for and in the U.S., but there's already rumors that they're working on a Baywatch 2. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Sure. It doesn't seem like it was that expensive to mm-hmm. make or anything. You just got to get the talent to stick around and yeah. I don't know what Alexander Daddario is doing otherwise. So hey, hey, hey. you leave Alexander <laughs> Double Daddario alone, okay? She's a fantastic <laughs> actress. I didn't uh, see Baywatch. In... But... I haven't seen it either. Uh did you see Pirates or Guardians too? I'll be watching Guardians. Yeah, I saw Guardians. I'll watch it. I'm watching Pirates at the Drive in double feature tomorrow. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I have not seen any of those movies. I still want to catch up with Guardians too. Uh new in theaters this upcoming weekend. It's the mummy your favorite (laughs) with tom cruise sophia butella annabelle wallace and russell crowe interesting who i don't know how he ended up in this but uh that is he was a nice guy (laughs) that is the brendan Fraser franchise which is getting rebooted redone he better appear he better appear he better appear in some way as a hieroglyph i don't care (laughs) he better appear he has a cameo as a mummy you can't tell because it's all wrapped up uh, also in theaters, Megan Levy, a movie that I had no idea existed until I started doing research for mm-hmm. this segment of the show. This one stars Kate Mara, Bradley Whitford, oh, Geraldine boy. James, Tom Felton, some actors I know. What's it about? And kind of like. Uh, it's based on a true story about a young Marine and her military companion dog. And it's PG-13. Nah, nah, I've seen this. What's it called again? Megan Levy? I've seen... This movie looks cheesy as can be. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I know what you're yeah. exactly talking about. It's one of those. One of those. It's one of those. Also in theaters this weekend, it comes at night. This was there we the go. Overlook Film Festival smash horror hit directed by Krisha director mm-hmm. Trey Edward Schultz with Joel, Joel Edgerton, Christopher Abbott, Carmen Ajogo, and Riley Keough let's in go. the main roles. You're, you're as pumped as I am about Yo, this one, let's right? let's go. All I needed was I, that teaser. Man, I I've got opening night tickets to this one. I'll be there Thursday Ooh. night, so I'm excited. I will definitely for this. be tweeting a lot about that movie. I'm pumped. This sounds like this that movie. one that you come out of the, the you come out of the theater going. This was the one. This is the one I remember. So I'm hoping yeah. it's that one. A twenty four. I'm sure it's not going to have the same type of uh, social political commentary that Get Out had, uh-huh. but just in terms of the way that it can be a surprise horror, I'm hoping it catches some of that word of mouth yeah. and, and can maybe do it, take a dent out of the weekend's box office, but we'll insane. see. That, that guy's uh, a crazy good director. Trey that guy's Richel. an insanely yes, good director. Yes. Like, Check if you study actual Krisha. directing, you may not like Krisha because of the way that it, it develops in the story, but you have no idea how his direction is good. Hate the story, but directing this man's insane. Yes. Uh, also in theaters this weekend, a few indie releases. The Hero, starring Sam Elliott, Laura Prepon, Kristen Ritter. Yeah, that was at Sundance. Offerman. I missed it. Yeah. Beatrice at Dinner. Also this missed one that one. This stars Selma Hayek and John Lithgow. Uh, they're advertising this as like the first movie of the Trump America because there's some 
political discussion. She's like an immigrant, and there's some discussion about that. I don't know. Well, I, uh, I have to watch it and support it, I guess, right? It, it's been get, it's been getting some interesting reviews, so it I It doesn't matter. Check it I out. just have to watch it and support it. Yeah, it doesn't matter if to... it's good or not. Well, I didn't know if it, it's politically correct or not. It's just about the There's a Hispanic era, woman so. in it. I have no choice but to praise it. Now, I, I did hear good things about it in uh, I, her performance specifically at Sundance. I just... I, I and John Lithgow. So... Uh, and also in theaters this weekend, My Cousin Rachel, starring Sam Claflin and Rachel Weisz. And this movie just confuses me because it's called My Cousin Rachel and it stars Rachel Weisz. I don't like when movie characters are named the same as the actor unless it's supposed to be like, oh, it's just, Blair Witch. I get it. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, if, if it's like something really cheap and yeah. low budget, I forgive it, but... I don't know. It just confuses me. It's funny. Am I, if I'm saying Rachel, are, are, am I talking about the character? Yeah. Or am I talking about yeah, the actress? Yeah, what you mean. I like Sam Claflin, though. Yeah, good actor. Um, new to Netflix this upcoming week on Friday, we get Orange is the New Black Season 5. Are you up on Orange? Smokes. No, my girlfriend's seen it. She's told me to watch it. I haven't. Should I? I'm a couple seasons behind myself, oh, okay. so I don't really know. I heard the fourth season was good. Uh, but yeah, that's most of what's coming up this in this week. So Art, what is your weekend watch recommendation? Boy, my weekend watch recommendation. I've been saying it. I mean, we're allowed to we're allowed to talk about the movies we just mentioned, right? Yeah. It comes at night. Watch that bad boy. That thing looks dope. I say go out and if you if you know about a twenty four, I'm pretty sure you're watching it. But if you're one of those who, again, maybe you're watching our Wonder Woman stuff and you're more into the blockbusters. Give A24 a chance. Go to your indie theater. Uh, maybe they're expanding and maybe they're at your regular theater. Go definitely check it out. Uh, but other than that, there's actually something. I'm curious. I don't even bring it up in the show. Maybe you watched it. Have you heard of Raven's Home? This is the uh, surprise sequel to That's So Raven. Now, this blew my mind because uh, That's So Raven, I think, has had like a 10-year hiatus. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the trailer that they had for Raven's I Home. Yet. I thought you weren't watching trailers. Raven's back, boy! This, <laughs> this is an exception! Alright? You know how long Raven's been gone? Did you see this coming? Did she see this coming? Yeah, Pretty... that's the question, is whether or not she yeah. saw this coming the whole time. Well, I mean, right now, she's like, she's... Raven Simone's like... <laughs> that's, a, that's one we don't want to mess with. I like that she was the master of none. I yeah, finally I'm, finished I'm... it, yeah. I'm on Master of None. I'm, I'm, excuse me. I'm on Raven Simone's train right now. If you do a Master of None cameo, I'm for yeah, you. Yeah, but I love how she went on there and, and playing the role that she is, like getting super mm -hmm. mad whenever something politically incorrect happens. Um, Daytime host who gets mad yeah. at people professionally. Exactly. However, this is it's Fuller House. She now has a kid, and Chelsea's back, and she has a boy kid. Boy meets girl. Yeah, it's exactly. Or girl meets world. Girl meets world. Bad titles. Girl Meets World, it's, it's Fuller House. They have kids, but the kid can have visions now. But what I do Ooh. like is, like, it when they cut to the kids, I'm like, oh, this is a cringe fest, dude. And then it goes, and it cuts to, like, they're complaining, and the Raven goes, mm-mm. And she says something, and I was like, yo, that's Raven. That's girl. But, see, so that's we'll the, see. We'll see how it goes. That's the inherent problem with these shows, isn't it? Like, they want to be kid shows, but, like, we only... But they know who's adults. attracting them. It's attracting 20-year-olds. And you can't call it Raven's Home and then not have it not be, like, about Raven. I get that it's in her house, but... Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. So, watch that. Why? <laughs> don't watch trailers, but watch the Raven's yeah. Home trailer. Let me know what you think, because that's the exception, all right? Coin the House. Season, what, four. That should come out, too. Anime Corey box set. back in the house. Yeah, Corey. The dad. Oh, Corey back in the house. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's too many We're Trump. That. There's We're too many Trump stuff week. there. That's too dangerous. <laughs> no, Corey. Okay, so that's your weekend recommendation. I'm gonna go with F is for fam or F for family. There's no is there. I just threw it in <laughs> because I thought it'd be fun. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. It's what I've been watching, be but we'll we'll get into it more next week because Art and I have both been. Uh, trying to catch it, catch up on it. It is a really awesome show. I want to say it's in the mold of King of the Hill in the way oh, that geez. it was kind of a subtle look at like the weirdness of suburban life and and sort of the the kind of petty fun squabbles that we we are familiar with. I mean, they're not all petty and fun. I shouldn't necessarily say that. This season actually gets pretty dark and and tests 
uh, the marriage at the center of the show. But I like that. It's got it's it's really really well written and darkly funny and doesn't pull punches. I think it depicts people in an honest way, especially because the show takes place in 1973. It's oh. brutally honest about a lot of these characters in terms of the way that they're backwards in terms of gender politics or racial politics. There's, there's a lot of really racist stuff on the edges. That's not like racist actually, but like referring yeah. to racist past. I think it's an intensely clever show, so I would check it out for anybody who oh. is a fan of adult animation and has a Netflix account. I'm down. Yeah. Uh, it's been on my queue. Just got to watch it. All right. So that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at ZShevich, or on Instagram, at ZShevich. You can check out my Governor's Ball videos. I saw Childish, man. I saw Childish Gambino, his only 2017 show. Hey, hey do me a favor. Me. Do me a favor. Yeah. Go screw yeah. yourself, man. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. So you can I also s- check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash multiplex show where I will be posting a new video discussing my absence from YouTube and some other stuff of what you can look forward to me now that I'm back on the platform more often. Art, where can the viewers catch more from you? Oh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Club Penguin, Letterboxd, and of course the YouTubes at the A to Z show on all of those bad boys. Coming up with a, with I have a bunch of ideas. You know how it is. A bunch of ideas that I want to make. Uh, let's just hope I don't get busy. I got a lot of other editing <laughs> projects and stuff to do. But in any case, I will be making at least one video minimum a week. So definitely ho- head over to that channel. But of course, you could also just find me here with Zach as we do the intercut. Thank you guys for yes. watching. Zach? You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, where you can find new episodes of the Intercut every Tuesday at noon Eastern. Also, like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Intercut Pod Pod for updates throughout the week from both of us and the show. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, remember: cinema is life told at twenty-four frames per second, unless you're Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. <laughs> you like my outro? I like that. <laughs> <laughs>